Howdy folks, Cormac Walsh here from Bass Fishing Ireland and you're very welcome to the Lure Fishing Podcast. In this episode 11, I speak to Damien Fryer. Damien is an expert in lure fishing for wrasse and uh, it's something I'm really interested in getting into. Uh, I have no experience myself with wrasse fishing so I was um, really looking forward to having a good chat with Damien and getting some advice from him. Damien is a wealth of knowledge. Um, he's been fishing for wrasse a long time. You know, from lures to rods to reels to tactics, um, he knows so much and his passion comes through in this podcast. So I really hope you enjoy this one, folks. So Damien, great to talk to you. How are things with you? Yeah, very good, thanks. Yeah, brilliant at the moment. Oh yeah, the yeah, fishing is good, is it? Getting, yeah, it's getting better now. Now we're, now we're sort of um, out of out of April. Things are picking up now. Yeah, the weather's improved, and the fish are moving back in. Whereabouts are you based, Damien? Um, just outside Saint Austell, down in Cornwall. And what's the kind of? I see. You know, I'm 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 fascinated by your your Facebook page and your your wrasse fishing. Um, you seem to get some fantastic wrasse fishing, and it's not something I have kind of tried here. So I'm really interested to kind of learn learn a bit about it. How did you yeah. get into it? Um, well, I've always been a fisherman all the time. And I caught my first wrasse actually by accident. I was using a using a metal jig, and I was just jigging away for whatever was there really, uh, bass, garfish, you know, mackerel. Yeah, um, yeah. I caught this wrasse, and um, I sort of obviously went over. I just just read more about the fish and how to catch them and how to go about what lures to use, what rigs to use, and I just sort of started catching them. Very, yeah, yeah. yeah. Obviously. Like you're, you're like I mean you've you've been obviously fishing for a while. Yeah, since I was eight, so uh, forty-four years now. No way! So you've yeah. plenty of experience there, anyway. Oh, so it's a long time. When they look back on it, when I started off, you know, when I lived up in Cheshire, in in, in fresh water in the canals and stuff. Yeah, catching those little gudgeon. Yeah, when you look back, it's. Uh, yeah, it's gone quick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Obviously, you're fishing the I, I, rough ground. Obviously, the wrasse love the rough ground and lots of cover. Um, yeah. Tell me, how, how do you go about, like, how do you go about kind of tackling wrasse? Or if I'm, if I'm, you know, I'm kind of new to it, what what advice would you give me to, to kind of, you know, target wrasse on the lures? Yeah, the main thing is, you got to, I always say to people, you've got to understand wrasse. You've got to, do a little bit of research on wrasse, find the habitat, where they live, what they feed on. So you know yourself, they live amongst rough ground, don't they? Yeah. Salt, rock, that sort of thing. You've got to fish for the wheelers. That's the first thing, Texas style. Oh, yeah, ta- talk to me a bit about to. that. Well, explain to me what Texas style is. Well, the, the main rig I use, is I use sort of two rigs. It's either the, the Texas rig or the Cheb. Now, the main thing is use an offset hook, as you'll yourself know, probably for your wrasse fishing. How you bury the hook point to the top of the lure? Right. Okay. That's that's, in, that's, in, that's imperative because you're fishing your rough amongst rough ground. Now with the Texas rig, I like to you tie your hook on, you slide on a, a glass bead, and I try and use use the lightest weight I can, maybe say seven gram. Slide on a seven gram cone weight, and if you flick it, you can hear the click 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 as that weight hits the glass bead against the hook. Right. Right. And you have like what distance do you kind of have so, between the bead yeah. and say your swivel? Oh, it's it's all free sliding. There's there's no there's you don't pin the weight at all. It's just free sliding up to your your leader knot, which is about sort of two and a half three foot away. Okay, right, I don't right. Fix the yeah. weight at all. Yeah, on the text ring, no, it's free sliding. So when that weight hits the glass bead, you see you get a, a clicking sound, which again attracts the rafts. They'll hear that clicking before they even see the lure. Oh, really? That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and it, and it basically you just work the lures really slowly, keep them down amongst the rough stuff, little flicks, little pauses, and nine times out of ten the rass will come and hit your lure while it's paused. Right, right. So kind of little, little, yeah. little um, twitch, twitch, jig, jig and drop like, is it? Yeah, three, four little flicks. I only flick the rod probably, you know, a couple of inches, hardly anything. Keep it right down there, pause it, a few little flicks. Let it sink on a slack line, flick, flick, flick again. And quite often, even when your line's slack, you'll feel the wrasse hit that lure. Very good. You get, a, you get a distinguished stud at the end of the line. And tell me, are you are you kind of like working it through the weed at the bottom? Are you keeping it tight to the bottom, or are you keeping it just up a bit off the bottom? Or? 
I normally just just flick it just amongst the kelp, really. Right. Okay. Yeah, just, just flick, flick, flick. You'll 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 feel it dragging the kelp, but of yeah. course you're weedless, so you you're pretty much snag free. Very yeah, good. Just yeah. work it around the rough stuff. Yeah, the rats will soon find it. And uh, that's interesting about to click it away. What kind? What weight? Um, what gram weight do you usually use? I'll give as light as possible. I always try and go with something like as light as seven. Right. Um, but I go up to 10 gram, 15 gram. Obviously, it's a bit of swell running and a bit of wind up, up the weight a little bit. So it helps. Obviously, it, it, it only helps you cast down, but it helps keep the keep you load down there as well. Right. Yeah. I got you. Yeah. Always, always go as light as possible. Yeah. And yeah. Um, I know you you're, you're, you do very well with the pirate lures there. Is there any, like, is there any particular color or that ras like, or do they change their, their kind of, you know, habits, feeding habits, or what would you put on first, really, if you were going to tackle the ras? Yeah, I always go dark, uh, black, dark green, dark brown, dark purple, dark red, right. something like that. Okay. I mean, I know anglers that use sort of bright pink and fluorescent yellow and catchfish. I'd prefer to go dark. Go dark. And what kind of, what length of a lure? Uh, the, the the swim baits used from Powerlers are rattle. They're ten centimeters. Okay. Creature baits are tend to go about about, about three inches. Okay. Senkos four, maybe five inches. Nothing too big. Yeah, yeah. I mean the, the rattle, which is say the four inch, they, they replicate little gobies and blendies, that sort of thing. So they're an ideal size. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Perfect size. Um, I always I remember. I know the lads talking about ras fishing years ago, and uh, the black minnow was was always a good lure. Do you ever use that, or is it still yeah. kind of popular? Yeah. The, yeah. Well, I don't use it. They're very expensive, aren't they? They are. Yeah, they the are. Fish black minnow, you know, and, and ras do destroy lures. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say that next. Like, you know, they 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 really mashed them up. All right. I know some they use one. Yeah, I think they've got the tail bit off first cast. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Shoot, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So, I don't think they used them again. Yeah, bin it, bin it. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, and what, you know, like a ras kind of territorial, is it like kind of bass? If you find a few bass in a particular area, will, will you know, you know, if you find ras in a particular area, will it kind of normally always be there? Yeah, they are territorial. What the life cycle of ras, they all start off as female. Then the dominant one will turn into a male. Right. And the male will have several female, like in the harem. And they're, they're very territorial, but they will move around to feed as well. Right. So, you, you know, you can't fish one area and catch different rats, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, they'll be, they'll be working yeah, different areas. Yeah. I mean, it's a lot of the gullies I fish, they, on, the, on the low tide, they fly out, and the rats move in to feed. Okay. You know, so obviously they're not the time, they're coming around feeding. But yeah, they are territorial fish, yeah. I remember, like, I've I've only kind of fished, ra- targeted ras a couple of times in competitions. We have a place over here called Hookhead, and it's very rocky, kind of, it's around the lighthouse. It's very rocky, right. kind of deep water. And, you know, yeah. when we were fishing ras in competitions, we'd, you know, you'd be nearly dropping it right down at your feet. We'd just be using ragworm or something, drop it right down, straight down nearly at your feet, and the ras oh, would be yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you don't fish far out at all for them. No point in casting it out no, 50, 60 yards really. like. Oh, no, no. I'm, I'm quite often don't even cast out. It's underarm flick it. It's just, uh, I'm saying for certain areas, certain patches of rough ground. So, yeah, there's no, no need for distance at all. Very good. Well, a lot of my fish have hit like a couple of rod lands out. Really, yeah. Yeah, yeah, right. So, right at your feet. And um, what, like, wh- when does the kind of rare season kick off? Like, or what length is the season? Well, we down here in Cornwall, it, we get them all year round. We had, I, I chat to guys up in Scotland, and and from sort of September to April, they've got no rats at all. Right, yeah. But say, so but down there, I mean, it slows down a lot. Don't get me wrong. I mean, March and April are really difficult months. Right. But there are still fish around. If yeah. Put, if you put the hours with the effort, you will always catch fish, as long as the conditions are right. You know, that's that's the main thing around round winter: conditions. Yeah, yeah. You want a quiet car, not too much swell. You know. Yeah, I was just going to ask you that. What What are your ideal conditions for RAS? Um, I like it sort of reasonably calm. Don't mind a bit of tide running. Yeah. Not, not too windy. I mean, we had this year, we had January, February, really good months. We didn't have much swell. It was reasonably warm, but it was calm. And I caught a lot of decent fish. And then we came into March and the, it was just constantly windy. You know, really big swells. It was almost impossible. Yeah, yeah. I suppose um, it's probably hard... 
Sorry, I lost you a bit there, Damien. I, I was just going to say, I'd say it's probably hard, obviously hard to fish your rock marks if, if the weather's bad because obviously, you're, you know, there's going to be swell coming up on the rocks. You're not going to be able to, like, you yeah. know, fish your spots. Yeah, and the rocks do like it quite calm as well. You know, you don't want it too rough for, too rough for rocks. But yeah, normally March and April are the, are the difficult months that they have been. But as I say, we're, we're sort of into May now, the weather's improved and the fish are coming back in again. I had a good one last Friday, actually, £4.11. Oh, lovely! Yeah, that geez, the, that was the best one, best one of the year. Yeah, on Friday. That's a that's a big fish. Yeah, and what did that take, Damien? That was on a, a rasa, Pavlov's rasa. Very good. Yeah. Um, yeah. What color? What color lure was it? Oh, it was, it was a custom color one. That was what what Pavlov's do. They will make you custom colors. If you say what a certain green, they will make it you. Oh, nice, nice. That was actually a custom color one. That was yeah. Very good. Very nice. Nice that it worked out as well. Yeah, yeah, it's a nice fish, actually. Yeah, I think one. Yeah, I think I was reading on your post there. Like, so you're kind of using like a trio, a trio kind of twist lock hook, and uh, and you're yeah, you're kind it, of yeah. yeah, you're weedless rigging it weedless, and then you're seven gram sliding cone weight, and just flick it out. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, simply just flick it out. What you have to remember is, the, I'll tell you what, my best ever rass that was um, five pound nine. And what, what, what I did was, I mean, rats live amongst the rough stuff, don't they live amongst the rock and the kelp? But I, I, was, fishing, I was fishing a mark, and you have to sort of try, just try and picture it. I stood on the end of this rock, and it was probably it was low tides, only about five foot deep. And in front of me was all this all this kelp, kelp and rough ground. Beyond that was a really big rock, which you can't, you couldn't, you could only cast up to. And then between the kelp and that rock was a big strip of sand. So always cast, always cast onto the sand. Because okay. what the rats will do. Rats work the perimeter of rough ground as well. So rats will work around right on the edge of the sand and they'll put the heads into the kelp, come back out again, move a little bit, heads back in, and they'll work the perimeter. So don't just cast into the middle of the kelp. Go onto sand beyond it, then work your lure back. Oh, that's a great that's a great tip. Yeah, yeah. What's yeah, that? I've even picked bass up off the sand. Yeah, bass yeah. like bass like that kind of um, the edges. I call it bass. Love the edges as well along yeah. the edges of rough yeah. ground and sand. They love that. Yeah, and that's where the rat feed as well. They work around the edges before they come into the kelp. Very good. Yeah. So that's... always cast beyond. Always cast beyond onto the sand. Work it back. Excellent. And you'll tell as well when you when you're flicking it on the sand, it's really smooth. As soon as you touch the rough stuff, you'll feel it. You know, sort of jaggedy. So just give it a bit of. A, I just gave a bit of a flick onto the kelp. And then all of a sudden, this, this big rat came around and hit it straight away. Oh, smashed it. I say there was some scrap off yeah. him. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it did half go, yeah. <laughs> See, with the rat, so you have to keep your clutch quite tight as well. You can't give it too much line. Oh, sure, of course. They'll tr- take, what, it, take it into the rocks yeah, and the kelp-like. The, yeah. The rats don't really swim out more. So they tend to drop down more than anything. And what, straight down into the kelp or the rocky crevice or something. What rod do you use for that, what? Damien? At the moment, I'm using a, it's a Shimano Yassi. Uh, it's an eight foot rod and it casts seven to 28 gram. Okay, so it's kind of, okay, yeah, I got, it's, I got, it, yeah. it's fast action. It's, it's really sensitive, but it's got a quite a bit of power as well. So it will stop the bigger fish. Yeah, yeah, nice kind of a, I understand why it would be shorter. So you can have a bit of, bit of power to bully the fish and yeah. uh, a nice bit of action for, for flicking out the soft plastics too. Oh, yeah, yeah. And would you like, yeah. You know, would you would you prefer like low water or high water or are the rasts that fussy about tide? It all depends. All marks fish differently. Some marks will fish on low, some are fish only fish on high. Some fish outgoing, some fish incoming. It's just one of these things you've got to learn. But right. it, it does vary. It depends you know, on the depends. It just depends where you are. Yeah, it depends on the mark, I suppose. It's like bass sometimes yeah. on the drop in tide or sometimes low water. It's kind of similar, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. That's it, yeah. So again, you just sort of learn the market on, and you know, that's all you can do, really. Yeah, which is yeah. What I've, done. I've got several marks, and so they some will fish on low, and some will fish on high. Yeah, I got you. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Did you ever fish in the dark for them? No, they're, they're more a daytime feeder. Yeah. They hole up at night. The last week. Yeah, they hole up at night. So yeah, they, they say dawn and dusk are the better time. They'll catch you throughout the day as well. Yeah, yeah, they're 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 fairly active. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, say night time, they'll hold up. You won't really, you won't catch them at night. Um, yeah, no, I'd, I'd love to get into it. There's another, what other, there's another rig, is the Cheb rig, is it, that you use? Just explain that one to me. Yeah, the, well, the Cheb rig, 
which actually originated in Russia. And it, it's, it's, it's a weighted pin system. So you tie a little air clip onto your, onto your leader, and then you, you do, you, it's hard to speak. You take the rig apart, you, you put the hook onto the clip, then you put the clip that slides through the weight, then you clip it all onto your little air clip on your leader. So if you picture it, you're... Your, your hook is sort of free moving at the end of this little weight on a clip. Oh yes, and yes. And the beauty is, you can unc- you can unclip it. You can pull the pin out and take your hook off easily. Put a different size hook on, or, di- or even a different size weight on, and just clip it back on. Ah and yes, away you go. Yes, I, I, I've seen so, those before. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's a good rig if you want to keep changing, you know, yes. changing weights or hooks, but you haven't got the click 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 which you have with the Texas rig. Yeah. But it is a versatile rig, so you can you can change things over so easily. With a Texas rig, if I want to change the hook size or weight, you've got to cut the hook off, take the weight off, probably drop the glass bead, then you know, swap things over, if you know what I mean, put a new weight on the retire again. Yeah. With the chair, you just unclip it, and basically it's, it's seconds. Very good. All these kind of rigs are kind of taken from kind of saltwater or freshwater fishing, really, are they? Yeah, I mean, I know that freshwater line has been used in Chad for a long time, and obviously the Texas rig originated out in the States in the 60s. The, yeah. That started off with the, with the bass anglers out in America, and obviously it's found its way across here. Yeah, yeah. I suppose it's... But, and the same thing with the Chad rig, you just lob it out into the into the kelp and just bounce it through the kelp. It's yeah, obviously rigged with weeders as well. Just fish it the same way. Yeah, fish it the same way. Amongst the kelp or, any, or around even rocks and into the gullies. And when the rats will come into the gullies, they'll moot around feeding in the gullies and go out again. So just, just flick it into gullies, let it sit there, give it a few flicks and hold on. Brilliant, yeah. I see, did I see... Um, they, they'll hit it. Yeah. Did I see you had, um, maybe for the Texas rig, you had some kind of uh, rigs, pre-rigged, um, kind of on rig winders, I thought it was a good idea, because I'm sure you lose the odd bit of gear here and there, do you? Yeah, you, yeah, you, do, you do break off. Another thing as well, which is really important, is every few casts, I always run my finger up and down the leader, the floral leader. I mean, you're fishing against rock and all sorts. It frays so easily. You, you know, if, if I, I'll get the hook and pull it, and quite often it'll snap. Yeah. Where it's been weakened on the rocks. You know, so that's imperative. And it's easier just to snip it off and just tie a new leader on with, with this ready rigged rather than otherwise you've got to put a leader on, go into your box, weight, bead, hook, tie it all on. But so, I would say just cut off probably three, three and a half foot of leader, tie the hook on, put a glass bead on, put the weight on, and put it on a rig winder, and it's ready to go then. Very I'm good. not sort of messing about. Yeah, I'm not faffing around if it break off or anything. You have the whole, you have the whole rig oh. system set, ready to go, just to tie on to your main it's line. Ready to go. Yeah. yeah, that's it. Yeah, I'll have a few text rigs and a few chaps tied up, different waist texts as well, so I can just swap. I'll go from a seven to a ten, just cut it off and retie a new one on. Oh, yeah, that's a great idea. Really, really clever, yeah. yeah. Especially when you're on the rock, it's wet and windy, or, you know, you, you, your hands are wet. You don't want to be messing about cutting hooks off, do you, and going through your tackle box and getting a new weight out. And, you know, it's just, just easier just to have them pre tied. Yeah, yeah, great idea. You save, yeah, it, it, saves, it saves a bit of time. It's just, just so much easier. Yeah. And, um, like, you know what, we, we're bass fishing and whatnot, we're always talking about kind of murky water and coloured water. Do you find the rasp are bothered with the murky water or do you still catch them? You will do, it's far better than clearer water. You will catch them in murky water, I've caught them a fair bit in murky water, but clear, the clearer, clearer the better really. Yeah, yeah, they're there, they're there, they're yeah. they will take in the murky water, but it's like... like oh yeah, they will do, it's, yeah, they will do, but it's better if it's clear. Yeah, yeah. I like, I like it. I like it clear. We're, we're not too much swell, but I like a bit of a ripple on the surface as well. You know, I don't like to be able to see the bottom. It's, that's, that's too clear, really, isn't it? Yeah. I see the fish, they can see me. I like a bit of a bit, just a little bit of a chop. Bit of a bit of a chop. Bit of a yeah. Give you a bit of cover, like. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. And yeah. like, would you get like like would you get many fish during a session? Like, what would be kind of a typical good session? Um, in the summer, probably up to about thirty fish in two or three hours. What? No way. Yeah, yeah, oh, oh, easily, yeah. I mean, sometimes I've, I've actually, sometimes I've got that fed up, I've gone home. No way. I'm catching two, <laughs> three pound rats a cast. On, yeah. Oh, sometimes it's just, it's just insane. That's you know? crazy. I mean, in the winter, yeah, obviously, like, like say, through the winter, especially, say, March, I might, I might be fishing for one or two fish. Is that the bass? There's not many there, is there? 
Yeah, there's, yeah. There's a few there, but the bigger fish. I mean, come the summer, you get a lot of smaller fish. But in the summer, yeah, oh, they're queuing up sometimes. That's brilliant. 10, 15 off one little spot, move six foot, and the same thing happens. Oh, sometimes, sometimes they're just, just everywhere. I think I read one it's of your posts. It's always the case, don't get me wrong, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. I think I read one of your posts there yeah. the, other, the other day that, like, it was, you were, I think you had 300, over 300 rats or something last year, did you? Last year, yeah, and 30 were over, over four pounds, and four were over five, yeah. Jeez, that's great fishing. Yeah, I love it, yeah. So, it, it, you know, you got to put the hours in as well. You can't just turn up and expect to catch four pounds rats all the time. You've got to learn your marks. You've got to present the lures in the right way. Use the right sort of lure. But yeah, but if you put the hours in, yeah, it's a really good fishing to be had. Yeah, yeah. And as I said, I've seen posts of you, and before as well that you had some great sessions in the likes of, like, you know, November and December, like seven and eight fish, like. Yeah. Yeah. I say in the winter, you will get, you'll get um, less fish, but you tend to get the bigger fish as well. Is that the same with bass as well? You yeah, less fish, but sort of bigger ones. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, come come November, like November is quite good, and even December. Yeah, December you'll get. Yeah, it's it's similar. You will if you get a fish, it's going to be a, it's going to be a good one normally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I had a a couple of good sessions in in February. Um, I remember one session I had I had seven fish, all between three pound one and four pound five, um, well, and they all came in about half an hour as well of each other. Brilliant. That's a good session, yeah. An hour and a half and nothing, they just switched on. Yeah. You know. And again, I'd, I'd, towards the end, I had a couple of nice sort of upper threes, a 3.15 and I think I had a 3.11 as well. Brilliant, yeah, yeah. Great, great action. You know. And then, say, March is a bit of a write-off with the weather, but... <laughs> yeah, ours is the same here as well. Um, I see yeah. you use those creature baits um, with some success. What kind of ones do you find are good? Um, I've been using, the, there's one called the Heart of Larsa. That's a, it's a 90 mil creature bait. But you can use any creature bait, really. If you've got, like, legs and a couple of flaps, it looks like a sort of crawl. Any, yeah. any creature bait will work, really. I mean, they're very inquisitive rattle anyway, so they'll they'll hit most little creature baits that you use. Like the little claws, like? Yeah, anything like that, yeah. Looks like, I mean, I know the freshwater guys use like, little sort of crayfish invitations, don't they, for perch and stuff. Yeah, yeah. They they they're brilliant for for ras, yeah. Is that what you're kind of right. that what you're kind of using those baby claws? I think they are already. I've used them in the past, yeah. And I've, I've used uh, I've used several ones. I mean, I know. Um, I think straight. I'm not sure. We striking did one called a rage claw or something about three inches long. They're brilliant. Yeah, I've caught them on all sorts of different claws. You know, different sort of creature baits. Yeah, they just they just as you said, they're inquisitive and they'll come and have a go, like. Yeah, I mean that's working. Obviously, if I said to you, "Have a look at these these lures," you'd, you'd open the package up, you'd take one out, wouldn't you? Sniff it, you'd pull it, you stretch it. Yeah, yeah. Fish can't do that. They've got to, you know, it's in their territory. Yeah, they either look at it or they, they or let's taste it. You know, so they are inquisitive and they will hit things coming through their territory. Yeah, yeah, they'll have a go you of know? it. Like, yeah, I, I suppose yeah, they're very territorial it, yeah, as, so. as well. I might imagine already. Yeah, you do get um, a lot of rea- um, sort of like reaction strikes as well. You know, basically annoy them. <laughs> they're not necessarily feeding, but they're in their territory, so they'll just they'll hit it to basically kill it. They'll come and lash out at it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, I was going to say, I mean, your three main baits I use are the creature baits, the the senko, well, and um, the swim baits. They three main baits for rats, really. What I use. No, they're they're, they're all good. I I do well as well before actually. Before biggest rasa last year, which went over five pound, I was using a three inch net, right. which is actually quite a small lure. Right, yeah, and that's like a little kind of Again, a little little stick bait. It is, yeah. I know the freshwater anglers use it a lot for perch and stuff. I think they catch. I don't, I mean, I'm not really clued up on freshwater, but I know the, the guys I see catch perch on them and Xander. You know, but the, yeah, I did really well last year on those as well three inch nets very good yeah and it's a nice kind of a nice little yeah, size yeah. for them isn't it yeah 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 it's not too big I mean, they haven't got really big mouths like bass you can't take really big baits you know yeah 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 so that's it's, it's a good size you believe you know, you've got your three inch net and you've got your coat weight as well so they probably like, end up more like three and a half inches to be honest yeah that's a good size and you find like i mean 
would you lose many rats or, or, or like or, or once they kind of take it they kind of nail it would you would you find like are they kind of are they kind of kind of be picky and finicky as well they can be yeah i'm good at missing them yeah <laughs> yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah i mean yeah it's funny some days they'll just they'll just smack you so hard you haven't got to do it they just hook themselves then other days you just get a little tap 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 and they just just won't take it you know they can't be they can't be they can't be a nightmare but generally if you get a good hit generally you'll, you'll hook them and the main thing is keep keep a tight line because I, I always crush me barbs as well i never i never fish barbed hooks anymore all right so I'm, always, I'm always barbless so yeah make sure your line's tight you know keep your line tight all the time i got you um, i say sometimes you will get a few little taps and suddenly they'll hit it other times they'll just hit it hard and the next time you might get one one hit and it you, you just miss it and off it goes yeah and do you you know when you cast out lore like would you are you just kind of doing a straight slow retrieve or do you vary it or what would you do I do very little bit. It depends what I'm using. If I'm using the rasa, like a stick bait and a creature bait, you've got to impart the action into that bait, really. Yeah. Whereas with the, with the swim bait, if it's washing around, that tail's kicking, it's almost working for you. Yeah. So with, with the, with, say, with, if, if I was using a, a swim bait like the rasa, I, I mean, I cast that out. And I, I tend to just, just pull it up really slowly, then just let it drop down again and give it a couple of flicks. And just pull it up through the kelp nice and slow, let it drop again. But with the senkos and the creatures, I tend to sort of flick them a bit more, make a bit more erratic, just dart a bit. But yeah. again, there's no real right or wrong. You know what I mean? You, could, you can obviously mix things up and increase the speed, slow things down till you get the fish. And tell me, would you would you ever get the bass amongst the ras? I have, yeah, I have caught bass. Um, obviously, as a bycatch, I had a good one um, last year on the creature bait. Really? I just, I just flicked. Yeah, I was, I've got, a, actually, I've got um, a, a couple of photos on my iPad. I was flicking it. It was, it was right amongst the kelp. It was really, you know, in the thick stuff. And I just felt this, this sudden thud. And you knew straight away, I thought, this isn't a rat. Yeah. It, the way it fought. And it didn't go down. It just went out to sea. It just, just kept <laughs> going out. thought, what, what, what is this? You know, and yeah, it's a nice bass. And a couple of weeks ago, I'm not sure you've seen on Facebook, I had a nice pollock as well. Oh, really? Um, about yeah. three and a half, four pounds. Yeah. I just flicked it into a gully. And that's when my rod's gone round. This, this pollock's taken off. Brilliant. So you so, get bite catch, yeah. You will catch rats, uh, bass on them, sorry, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So you don't know. You, like, you could you could catch anything, really. Yeah. I mean, I've had um, mackerel as well. And I've had garfish chase him in too, Senkos. I've got I've had a couple of mackerel on stick baits. But just yeah, you will, you, will get some, you will get some decent decent bass on them, yeah. Yeah, that's 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 great. And what what um what way did you have that creature bait rig done? Was it a Ned rig kind of a job? No, it was a, it was a Texas rig with a seven gram starting cone weight. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just flick it really three four flicks. Let it pause. Take up your slack. Just flick it again, and then say all of a sudden you'll you'll, you'll they'll just they'll just hit it. They'll do the rest. Oh yeah, yeah. They don't I, be hit so hard. I notice um. A lot of your posts and that as well, you mention gullies, you know, you're fishing the gullies. So I presume you go down at low water and, and do a bit of a recce. I have done in the past. What, what, what I, on a new mark, what I'll always do, I'll go on low tide and have a, just have a look. You can, you can generally see the kelp carting with patches of sand. Then what I'll do is I'll come up to where the high tide mark is. Again, you can see the high tide mark normally is like a scar line on the rocks, isn't it? Or where the weed ends. Yeah. So I'll come up to the high tide mark. And what I always do is take photographs. I'll photograph the whole area. So if I go back on high tide, I can look at a photograph. I know exactly where the sand patches are. I know where the gullies are. I know where the beds of kelp are. Excellent idea. So I can look at a photograph. I know exactly where to cast. That's a brilliant idea, actually. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not fishing blind. I'm sort of fishing blind, but I've got an idea of where, say, if they kelp is and gullies and patches of sand. I can look at the photo and oh, I'll, I'll cast at eleven o'clock. I'll be on. I'll be on a sand patch out there then. Yeah, as you said, as you said earlier, you'll feel you'll be able to feel the lure. You'll know you when you're on sand and when you're coming into the weed. Yeah, it's it's, it's really smooth. Obviously, you hit a bit of kelp and rock. You'll, it gets a bit juddery. It's sort of you know. Well, yeah, we did mention about when you work in the lure, so you can tell if, if you're on sand and whether oh, yeah, you hit yeah. the rough stuff. You know, you can you can tell by what what, what you're working in, so especially with braid. 
Yeah. What? Um, so, like, yeah. basically, you know, you're you're not casting it out far. You're just kind of lobbing it out and then just working it back nice and slow through the weed or, as you said, through the sandy patches. Yeah, no, over any sort of any boulders or, you know, gravel, anything like that. Yeah, just work it just nice and slow. Excellent, yeah. 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 I do love the gullies as well because the rats will move into the gullies feeding and move out again. There's one, there's one gully I fish is literally and must only be about eight foot long and about three foot wide. But I'll have to really big fish out of, the, out of that gully as well. They, just by just working the learn there, nice and slow, nice and slow. And all of a sudden, they'll just come around and hit it and off they go again. The fish will be there like they, they know, like that's where they're hunting. Yeah, they'll, they'll come in, they'll, they'll have a mooch around the gully, then they'll come out the gully, they might go into the next gully, then they'll go across to some kelp. And they're just, they're just working there around the mark, feeding. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I'm actually, yeah, I've, so. I've, I've, I've a few marks in my mind now that I'm really kind of interested in trying now. And yeah. um, as I said, I've never, I've never done it before, um, but... You were just explaining those rigs now, and uh, I'm definitely going to give it a go. Um, what yeah. is what is kind of the best time of the year for us? Would you say? I mean, I always find the best time, purchase for myself, um, right at the end of the year. Sort of, I, I'd prefer sort of October through to about February. But if you want to go uh, just to catch fish, just just through the summer, you'll get a lot more fish in the summer. But I say the same with the with the bass, probably through the winter months, you get the bigger fish. Yeah, yeah, towards all, at the if end of autumn. Go, just get a bend in your rod, just go through the summer, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. just find that any rough ground, really, what you don't want, with it being territorial, you're better fishing, you're better finding a mar that doesn't dry out. Okay, right. But, I mean, they, they will, as the tide floods, they will move over there to feed. But along, if, as long as you can find a mark that's constantly underwater, you've got a better chance of getting sort of more fish there. Yeah, yeah. So like a bit, they'll always, like, they'll always be there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like obviously a kind of a, you know, a deeper, deeper water mark. I suppose at low water when you've a bit of when you've a bit of water there at low water, like. Yeah. Say so if there's water there, the rats will always be there. But say so they will move over sort of dry areas to feed. But then they'll obviously as the tide drops, they'll move out of those areas back into the deeper water again. Just find the mark. The say there's constantly underwater. There's rough ground. You'll you'll, you'll find rats. Yeah, it'll be there, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like a good, yeah, like, I, I've got, I've got bass on the, or I got, sorry, I've got rass on the boat, and, uh, like, up to five pound, and, like, they're a big fish, aren't they? Like, um, they must give oh, you, yeah. must give you some scrap. Muscular, solid, powerful fish, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, like, so just, do you yeah, use a, do you fish. use a net or anything, Damien? Landing net or? Yeah, I've, I've got a telescopic landing net. I mean, quite often I find myself sort of four or five feet above the water. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think, I'm not sure, is it 2.4 metres? I think it might be eight foot or something. But that's plenty to, to net the fish, yeah. It's probably pretty essential, actually, really, if you're up on the rocks, you know. you're. Yeah, you do, you do, you'd only pull it up four or five pound rasp with your line now. You need to be netting them, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got a drop net as well. If a fish off the harbours, I've got, a, I've got like a drop net, which is handy too. Oh yeah, and tell me about the harbours. Do you obviously find a few rafts around there as well? Yeah, I'm near one called um, Mavagissi. Um That's a good spot. If you, there's a lot of a lot of anglers go, I'm not sure if you know Mavagissi, but you got the you got like an inner and outer harbour, and the outer part you got the lighthouse on the end. A lot of anglers fish there, yeah. but I go on the left hand side. There's like a walls to railings, and that's all just just rough ground as far as you can see, just rock and kelp. And even on low, even on low tide, it's underwater still, and there's some really good rats in there. And it's safe, easy fishing too. You can yeah. park almost on the spot. Nice it's handy. nice and flat. You're not climbing over rocks and up and down the coast path, and it is easy fishing. Nice handy fishing, and, and a chance of getting a fish or two out of it as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's great for like holiday makers too that come down to Cornwall. It's easy for them as well, just to go and have a couple of hours rats fishing. Yeah, yeah. Again, there's harbours down around here as well. I'm often. I remember actually fishing as a kid down here, and there was always rass, you know, in and around the rocks and the, the tetrapods around the yeah. harbour. There was always we used to get little rass there. I'm sure. I'm sure yeah. there's bigger ones around as well. Yeah, so if it's small, there has to be big ones about somewhere. Yeah, I mean they aren't particularly difficult fish to catch, as long as you sort of use the right sort of lure, uh, present the lure properly, you'll catch fish. You can go in the summer and catch 20, 30 fish, no problem at all, in a couple of hours. 
That's great. It sounds like a great bit of sport. You, you probably won't catch. You probably won't catch thirty bass for you in a couple of hours. No, like yeah. you know, it's 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 rare. Like, but you have a good chance, as you said, you have a good chance of getting a, getting something a good session like that, targeting ras. Yeah, yeah. So it's particularly difficult to catch. It's just just use alerts the right way, present them properly, and you, you'll you'll catch fish. Have you have you had many bass so far this year? I've had no bass at all this year yet. No. I've had, a decent pollock as well a couple of weeks ago. Would you, when you're fishing now, would you mainly be targeting ras now? Yeah, that's all I do. I don't fish for anything else but ras. That's all I'll fish for is ras. And as I said, you get the odd species here and there, bycatch, like whatever's mooching yeah, you, around. You, you get the odd bite. Yeah, you get the odd bycatch. I see. Well, you, yeah, it's 99% ras. Did I see a post of yours? You got some, you got a bass, um, way up in the fresh water or something did i see something like that oh yeah yeah tell, tell me about that a, yeah i used to have a static caravan um in exmouth on devon cliffs and um actually a little bit of just fishing off the beach there with jigs and um there's a river nearby a place called buddy salterton and there's a river and it, it it comes from the sea and it runs all the way through buddy salterton i don't know where it goes but it goes quite a few miles inland there's a little river does and there's a free section and so I said to me, I'll get a lot of little wild trout in there. So I thought, that's ideal. Yeah. So I got a little rod, I think a 3 to 12 gram rod. Um, I had a, I think a size 10 jig head and a 1.6 inch lure, tiny little fish lure. And I was just, just flicking away. And I got a couple of small trout, you know, sort of six inches. And all of a sudden, rod's gone around, line stripped out. Well, I thought, what the hell is this? You know, up and down the river it went anyway. Yeah. I, I got back to that. And I got the fish up and I looked down. I picked, the grass in front of me is quite long. I couldn't really see the river that well, so I sort of peered over. And I, I thought, what's that? And I got my net in and I pulled it up. And I said, yeah, there's this bass in the net. I couldn't believe it. No it's way. It's about a mile and a half. Yeah, about a mile and a half. You tell about the photo with all the, you know, all the, all the foliage, all the trees Yeah, around. like, I mean, you're, you're well up in fresh water. Like, it was a freshwater river. Yeah. Yeah. I'm in the country with this bass. I thought, what the hell is this doing here? But apparently, you know, when you get chatting to people, you do get a few bass and bullets up there as well. That's uh, it's it's amazing, isn't it? How far up they'll go? Yeah. yeah, he's probably been up there munching on small wild trout, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah, they creep up, they creep up and up and up, and they keep pushing it like. Yeah, yeah, and this lure is this. I think it's one point six inches on a size ten grab, but uh, a size ten, I think one point two gram jigger. That's mad. I'd say you didn't know what you had first. Eight foot. No, it's about eight foot. Well, yeah, it's about eight foot wide. And I just thought it was a big trout at first. Yeah, yeah. I never thought it at all it'd be a bass. I couldn't believe it, no. Yeah, yeah. It's guys. It's nearly like the opposite of me. I was fishing bass one time in the, in the estuary, but I'm out of the estuary. Yeah, the estuary, but I'm out of the estuary. Yeah. And uh, I just got, I was using uh, a Sandy Andy and uh, I just got, got this fish on anyway. And it was a unusual kind of fight and they didn't come up like, and uh Next when I got him into the stones and pulled him on, and it was like, it was a brown trout. Like it was, it was, br- you know, it was a brown trout. You know, obviously it yeah. was, a, obviously it was a sea trout, but it was brown, like bald. It was beautiful brown yeah. trout. Um, and yeah. I was just, I was just staring at it. I was like, that's what, what's that doing there? You know, it was crazy. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's a, you do get surprised now and then, don't you? What you catch? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was mad. Um, yeah. And tell me what, so obviously the RAS is going to test your gear. What braid do you use, Damien? At the moment, I'm using um, Suffix 832 at 18 pound. Okay, 18, 18 pound is quite yeah. is quite light. I'd, 18, I'd, yeah. Yeah, that's quite light. I, I, I would I would fish kind of with 30 pound. It's probably a bit much, but um, I fish for 30 pound because I fish a lot of rough ground for bass and stuff as well. So, yeah. um, but you're, you're, you're managing quite well with 18 pound. Yeah, and then a 20 pound fluorocarbon leader. How, how long of a leader would you use? Uh, about three foot, two and a half to three foot. Okay, okay. And hook, yeah. hook-wise then, what, what's, what's your go-to hook? I've been using them um, quite a lot recently, the, the VMC Texans, um, either 1-0 or 3-0, depending on what lure I'm using. But say I've just started using these um, like hitchhikers, sort of, you know, that, that sort of hook. Yeah. I'm not sure I'll make. I'm not sure, I, I picked it up from from the art of fishing actually. Waybridge. I'm not sure I'll make the art, but I mean, I found VMC are really good. They're, they're strong and reliable. Yeah, yeah. So like a trio or a one o, depending on the lure size, I suppose. 
Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. If, if, if I'm using just sort of a thinnish Sanko, I'll go to a 1 0. When I'm using like a creature bait or the Rasa, I'll go up to 3 0. Okay, yeah, yeah, that's good. And and as you but said, again, it's it's handy to have pre pre made rigs with the different size hooks as well. Yeah, yeah. But as I always say to people, use decent hooks as well. I had a guy a while ago. He messaged me on Facebook and uh, he said, "Oh, look what I bought." I said, "Go on then." Have you been to that? Have you heard of AliExpress? Yeah, sure have. Yeah, yeah. He brought, I think, a pack of a hundred senkos for a tenner, and he brought. a Big box of weights for three quid. I said, that's not bad. He said, look at these hooks. I've got 100 hooks for a fiver. I said, do yourself a favour. He said, what? I said, chuck the hooks away. Do not use them for rats. Yeah, yeah. They will not last. Yeah, no. They will straighten and snap. Snap, you snap know. them, yeah. You, like... can use cheap, you can use cheap weight. You can use cheap lures. Do not use cheap hooks. Yeah, yeah. It's not worth it, like. No. No. You need to use a, use a branded hook. Say VMC are good, but okay, there's, there's quite a few brands out there. Yeah, like the the rass is going to test to it out. Something. Yeah, you tend to you know you tend to find something reliable. You just just sort of stick with it, don't you? That's it. Like yeah, yeah, you go what works for yeah, you. And yeah, that's it. Yeah, there's no point. You know, if you, if you find a good hook, just just stick with it. Spend a bit more on the hooks. Yeah, and tell me this: Would you? I, I see. You know, the the pirate lures you're using quite a lot. Would they last? Like, would they last kind of long? Like, how many fish would you get out of them? I know the rass are tough on them, but do you do well with the pirate ones? Do they last long? Like. Yeah, I had um, I had all nine last week on the one lure. Oh, really? That's good. Yeah, what what I was finding was when I'm when I'm rigging them, what I call a conventional weedless hook, where the nose the lure meets the eye of the hook. Yeah, that's where they were being damaged. They were being, they were being torn there. That's the that's the sort of the damage area. That's when I started using the ones you know, with the with the hitchhiker on. Yes, and I, I found that just. That holds that lure solid. That's really preserving the lure, which is which is the reason I've started to use those now. Ah, uh, very good. Stop, stop the breaking at the top, like. Yeah, that's when all the damage happening. You say where the lure met the eye, they, they were just getting ripped off the hook quite a lot. Uh, Not just yeah. the rats, you know, the senkos, the creature base, all of them. Since they've been using that sort of hitchhiker setup, it's, they've it's been, it's been holding those lures solid. And so hit- yeah, you'll get quite a few fish off each lure. Yeah. Well, that's quite good. Like seven or eight fish on the one lure, and in particular ras. Like you know, that's good. Yeah, yeah. So it's made a real difference using that sort of twist lock hook. Yeah, I see. They're like the ras. They vary so much the colours of them, don't they? Some of them like they're they're really oh, fantastic yeah. looking. I mean, I've had some that are bright red. I've had orange. I've had some that are green with orange fins. I've had all sorts of colours. And all do you sorts. do you ever get like? Uh, is it all balanced? Do you ever get any cuckoo ras or anything like that? I don't know. But I mean. He, he, we get a few cork wings. Yeah, yeah. Although the the, lures, the, lures, the hooks that I'm using are a bit, a bit too big for the cork wing, really. You want to scale it down a bit. You know, they would be sort of They're taking smaller, funny smaller size, size yeah. Three hooks. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I used to catch quite a lot of men in Vigisi Harbour, you know, on like a drop shot rig. Yeah. With like a sort of size four hook and a bit of ice stone, mate, and just drop it down the harbour walls. You get, you get them the sort of size of your hand, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they are nice fish, they're lovely coloured, the court wing, yeah. But when you start, when you start catching sort of four or five pound ballon rats, you, you sort of lose a little bit of interest in things like that. <laughs> yeah, it's a different story, I'd say. Obviously, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tackle them maybe next week or whatnot. So what, what's the best thing for me to try first? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start off. What rig would you recommend or um, and what, what lure um, if I'm going to start out next week? Well, I'd start off, I'd always use a Texas rig. Yeah. I'd... I mean, if you if you said to me, you've got to use the lure to start with, I'd always go with a Senko, a four or five inch Senko. That's that's always been my sort of go to lure. I mean, recently this year I've been using the Rasta and I've been catching a lot of good fish on it. Yeah, but yeah, the Senko is the the sort of go to lure for me anyway. I know, like the Senko is just a stick bait. Obviously, it does. It's just a just a stick bait, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It looks. I mean, it looks like a cigar. You know, that's all it is. Yeah, yeah. It's a stick bait. I was always fascinated with how, um, like, how they how they work. They obviously work very well, but there's no. There's, it seems like they don't do anything. No, you look at it, you think, "What's this?" And I put that on my hook. Yeah, you know, <laughs> what, what I'm supposed to do with that? But you say just three or four, just, just lay little flicks, and let it pause. What I do when 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 they flicked it, I always had to think on the slack line, then take the slack up after. It just gives that a second or two, just to flutter back down and just sit on the bottom. And again, that's that's when they'll hit it. But yeah, the Senko, if you look at it, it just it doesn't look like anything at all. Yeah, when you're actually working it, it, it they just hit it. 
Yeah, I actually, I think I have some Senkos there, but they're the kind of bigger ones. Would you ever cut them down? Yeah, I mean, I went, I actually did a bit of um, large bass bass fishing in the States, and I brought some from Bass Pro Shops, so they were about eight inches. They were yeah. like, ridiculous. And I, I, I cut them in half, and I, I used them as a as sort of a two, four-inch bait out of one. But at the, at the nets, they're three inches. You can put, you can cut them down two and a half inches if you want to. Oh, that's great because I have a couple of bags. Yeah, small. Yeah, I have a, I have a couple of bags and I don't use them um, that much. And uh, so yeah. that's what I that's what I use for my my ras fodder. Um, so you say yeah, what, what size are yours then? I think they're 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 at least six, but could be even eight inch bigger ones now. I must check, must dig them out. Yeah, I mean, yeah, six inch. I, I mean, there are ras things who will use six inch baits. I I don't. But you say you cut cut them in half and have two, three, or just just take two inch off them and have. Have a four-inch stick bait instead. Yeah, and it'll work. It'll work just as well. You know. Yeah. So if you go three, three to four inches, that's my optimum size. But you say you can go up to five. Yeah. So, so my Texas rig. Will I go with a trio hook? Again, depends what lure you're using. Obviously, when you rig it weedless, you need to eat enough in between the bottom of the lure and the, and the bend of the hook. That, that's at the gape there. You want quite a bit of gape. So when the fish bites that lure, there's room for it to pop up and hook the fish. Yes. So. Yeah, it, it totally depends how thick your lures are. Right, yeah, yeah, I yeah. Mean, say, uh, uh, yeah, like a Senko, normally I'd go with the same with the 1-0. Okay. But say if, if it's quite a thick, a thick Senko, go with, go with the 3-0. Yeah, yeah, okay. And then the time time of tide and time of day? I mean, if if you're starting off on a mark that you don't really know, I'd just go early morning, I'd go on low and work my way up. Okay, yeah, like, wait to let, like, work the tide in. like On a lot of my marks, when it's high tide, a lot of the spots aren't accessible. Oh, obviously yes. they're underwater, aren't they? Yeah. So if you go on low tide, you've got a lot more option. There's a lot more space, you know, obviously places you can fish. Lots of nooks and crannies you can you can flick the lower yeah. into, lots of gullies. The one mark near me, see, um, on high tide, there's one spot you can fish. You've got to wait about two hours after high till the water's dropped that you can then jump over gullies and get onto other rocks. Ah, uh, yeah. So low tide, you'll, you'll find you've got a lot more... You've got a lot more spots available to you, plus you can see a lot more area what you're fishing over as well. Yeah, and then you, you obviously... Just, you, you see the calipers, you can spot the sand. Yeah, you'll know. And then as the tide comes in, sure, you know where you're going to be casting. You know where you should be casting, like you've scanned it at low yeah. water. And as you mentioned earlier, it's a yeah. great, great tip to take a picture on your phone even, just to have a look. Yeah, I, I do that with all my new marks. Yeah, you take the pictures on low tide. So when they're on high, I can see exactly what I'm fishing over. And again, oh, yeah. as the tide floods, you, you, as the tide floods, then you got your gullies; they become fishable. You know, any, any shallow water, the, the floods over. Rats will be in there feeding. I mean, rats aren't daft, but obviously, you know, a lot of the spots I go on, you have got really big, deep rock pools, and you, stand, you can see gobies and blennies shooting around there, darting about. Rats know where they are. As yeah. the tide floods, they're going to be into their rock pools, so they know exactly where they are. The yeah. old daft. They know the story. It's their yeah. environment, isn't it? They they know exactly what's oh, going yeah. on. Yeah. They they when you hook one, they know exactly where to go. Yeah, yeah. I actually now thinking of it now. We used to actually, you know, we'd scrape the limpets off the rocks and we'd put a little bit of limpet on a small hook, and they used to go mad yeah. for the limpet. Yeah, a little bit of limpet. I mean, I know people that fish on them like little frozen prawn as well and shrimp. You know, like little from the supermarket. And uh, a little, little uh, bit of ragworm, a bit of hardback crab, anything like that. Yeah. I, I was just going to say the ragworm when we fished on the boats, and um, or the ragworm. Like if you had ragworm, you were getting big ras. That was it. Like, yeah, yeah. I reckon ragworm probably that number one bait for ras. They absolutely loved it. Like, yeah. yeah. Um, did you ever try like a ragworm imitation worm? You know some of these worm imitations. No, not really, no. I mean, you can get like things like Isome and Berkeley Gulp Sandworm, that sort of thing. That'll all work. Yeah, yeah, but you don't but yeah, need to. You're, you're, used to. You're, having, you're having enough, you know, you're having success with what you're using at the moment, so. Yeah, yeah, say the tankers, creatures and swim baits, yeah. I always fish. I, I, I don't work Fridays anymore. I just work four days a week, so I always fish on a Friday morning. That's my fishing morning. So Friday, Friday is so the I'll time. Be out, I'll be out Friday morning again, yeah. Would you be able to, like, a crack of dawn, like, would you, first light? Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll get there about sort of six-ish and fish at about half, ten, eleven. Yeah, depending on the tides, I suppose, of so, course, and where you're fishing. Yeah, it, it depends on, I mean, I'll be looking now for the next couple of days of sort of wind direction, um, how big the swell is, and then decide where we're going to go, which mark we're going to drop onto. 
Yeah, all, yeah. All, all my marks face different directions. So initially, I can't fish one mark, but I can go around the corner three miles and fish another mark, and the wind's behind me then. So, oh, nice. What's your biggest? What's your biggest ras so far? Uh, five pound nine. Five pound nine. That's a massive fish so far. Yeah, I get a lot of people messaging me saying, "I mean, I'll, I'll put fish on social media on Facebook, and I've caught one here four pound three. And someone will always comment, oh, I had one £4.9 last week. I'll say, oh, yeah, what did, what did you catch that on? Oh, my beach caster and ragworm. Oh, yeah. I'll say, right, <laughs> yeah. put, the beach cast, put, put the beach caster away, mate. Get a lure rod and catch that fish on the lure. Yeah, yeah. beach cast for them ever again. I will guarantee it. Yeah. You'll not use bait again. Oh, that's it. Like, same with me and the bass. I used to I used to bait fish an awful lot for the bass. And uh, um, yeah. sure, ever ever since I, you know, changed the lures, I just I just couldn't go back to it. You know, I couldn't couldn't go back to it. No. No, I've never, I've never used bait for rats at all, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, it's gas, isn't it? Just, just lures out. But, it, but lures, I say to people, like, if, if you're going to go fishing with bait, you know, you've got, it's like you've got a lot of stuff to take, if you know what I mean. I've got a rucksack, a rod and a net. I can go, I can go at the drop of a hat. I'm not rummaging bait out the freezer. I can keep the stuff in the back of my van. I can pull up somewhere, I'll have half an hour here. Yeah. It's, it's just so easy. You yeah, say yeah. there's no, no, you haven't got all the gear, have you? Like, you know, it's just one rod, one net, and a, and a rucksack. That's it. That's it. It's so handy. And as I said, you can keep your gear in the car. Sure, when you're coming home from work, if you're going, you know, you can spin around. It's so mobile. It's so accessible. It's just so yeah. handy. Like, yeah. And it's easy when you're jumping out, when you, especially on the rocks, you know, you're, you're working your way around. You can't have too much stuff with you anyway. Yeah. And as you say, and as you say, like you could, you know, you know, you could get 20, 30 fish in a session. Like it's not, it's, that's, that's, it's quite possible. Oh, yeah. Easily. Yeah. I mean, I had one, I had one session last year. I was fishing. That is, I was on, it, it, it's a bit of a wider gully. Um, it's probably about, if I was fishing here now, it's probably about 20 foot across and it's probably 25 foot out to sea. I think I had 18 rats out of that in probably 25 casts. No way! Wow. Nothing big, nothing, nothing special. Two, two and a half pounds, but they, it, it was just full of fish. Wherever I cast, it was just getting smacked straight away. It wasn't even hitting the bottom sometimes, and they they were just just smacking it. Just goes to show you how many fish um, were there. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely solid yeah, with they, them. They were... Brilliant, brilliant. Well, look at Damien. Yeah. Thanks for thanks for the chat. Um, I really appreciate yeah, no, that. No. I'm, 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 I'm really looking forward to giving it a go now, uh, especially at the moment because the bass fishing is so quiet here in Wexford. It's just, it just hasn't switched on at all yet. So, um, be nice to go yeah. and and target a couple of ras maybe next weekend or something. Um, next week, uh, giving a bit of yeah, fine, giving a bit of fine weather. So, um, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll be checking back in with you and letting you know how I get on. Definitely, yeah, you have to, mate. Definitely, yeah. Ah, brilliant. Look yeah, at Damon. I really appreciate your time. Thanks for sharing that information with us as well. And um, hopefully we might catch yeah, up with no you problem. again soon. Yeah, anytime, mate. Yeah, no problem. Brilliant, brilliant. Thanks a million, Damien. So that's it, folks, for episode 11 of the Lure Fishing Podcast. And yet again, I'd like to thank you all for your support, um, for liking and sharing and uh, just interacting with the podcast. It's gone from strength to strength, and I'm really enjoying it myself. So drop us a line on social media, on um, Instagram or Facebook or wherever. If there's anyone you want to hear on, um, just let me know and we'll see what we can do. Thanks, folks. Tight lines.